if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 179. This is our 2021 BMW Championship and Amiga European Masters Tips and Selections Podcast. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA and European Tour Golf Action. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you keeping? We're all right. Slight delay on the podcast this week due to, was it Tropical Storm? Ori. 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 Although it was then downsized from a tropical storm, so it was just storm on. There's a, there's a bit, a bit of rain by the sounds of it, but uh, yeah, the, the guys on CNN that I saw didn't seem overly uh, encouraged by the situation. But I'm sure some of the uh, some of the states in the US have built, borne the brunt of it. So hopefully everyone kept safe. A pot apparently over nine inches fell on the golf course, and to be fair. It looked like it had drained very, very well. It did, yeah. yeah. They did a fantastic job with those squeegees getting the uh, course playable again, didn't they? Uh, 100%. Right, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And, of course, we know that you do. Please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. We have two this week. Masses of tournament stats. And our predictor models are all available, completely free of charge with no paywall. That's golf betting system with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on social media, on Twitter, Paul's at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. I think we're getting up towards 2,000 or 3,000 subscribers. I don't know. I lose count. Um, Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast. So we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Now, last week, Paul, you were on holiday. Mm -hmm. I know that you enjoyed your time down in Cornwall, so that was good. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Um. I've merged all my all my lines there, but I put out a, a, a calling shout poll last week for reviews, and we were we received three, which I was really pleased with. Please, though, keep these reviews coming. What was really interesting was that we received three reviews last week: one from the US, one from Canada, and one from Australia. So absolutely nothing from the UK or Ireland. So if you're in the UK or if you're in GB. Can you please send us a five-star review? That would be most appreciated. Right, let me read one out for you. This one is entitled Lockdown Listen, five stars. Hi, lads. Writing from Melbourne, Australia. We're still in heavy lockdown. Golf courses are closed. We're doing it tough, as many around the globe are. Look forward to your pod each and every week. It's one hour of great analysis that helps take away... The Lockdown Blues. Please keep up the good work. That is from Cranberry76. 
and he's in the beautiful city of Melbourne, Australia. Thank you, Cranberry. Yeah, thanks, Cranberry. And uh, I guess from the experience that we've had over here in the UK, um, it does get better. And uh, hopefully you guys will be outside the other side of the uh, lockdown before too long and back to some kind of uh, normality again. Been a tough time before, wasn't it? I actually went to the pub last week with my lovely wife. Don't rub it in, Steve. Uh, yeah, well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying this is kind of a message to Cranberry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to my local pub in the village, walked around there, walked in the bar, went to the bar, ordered a beer. That's the first time, I think, for mm. 19 months that I actually had a conversation with the bar staff. Had a quick chat with her. She gave me beer in a glass, and I could take it outside and just have a beer by the river, where usually... You had to wait for a waitress and it was served in plastic glasses and you had to have your masks on and all this, that and the other. So yes, there is a form of normality back in the UK and hopefully that's something that we can, we'll see in Australia and New Zealand moving forward in the not too distant future. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Right, last week. Now, Northern Trust, I my, my whole structure of my selections last week was Europe was Ryder Cup. So I went Sergio Garcia needs a result, Ryder Cup. Yeah. Played like a jerk. Um I think he quadrupled the first hole that he played. <laughs> that doesn't help, does Sergio. It? Yeah, well it breeds confidence for the Ryder Cup, doesn't it, with Sergio <laughs> in there. Um I'm looking forward to that. If if he does qualify, I mean did mm. God. Um so Sergio straight out the equation. Um, I went and then I looked at the rankings. There was let me try and remember this. Um, oh, it was Cantlay in eleventh. We had Tony Finau in twelfth. We had uh, Webb Simpson thirteen, and Scotty Scheffler fourteen. I looked at those four and I thought, what course would suit? You know, does Liberty National suit? Their game. I never like playing Webb Simpson in the Northern United States. Always like him on Bermuda. Don't think he's playing great. Cross. And I looked at Tony. I looked at him, and I, I've tipped him up in loads of playoffs. And I've said quite quite a lot. He will win a big tournament. Something like I don't know, like an invitational status or a FedEx Cup. But he'd been playing so abysmally. Yeah. But he was the one under the pump. He was in last qualifying spot, I noticed. Six captain picks. But he was in that 12th spot. Oh, I can't. So I went safe. Went Cantlay, went Shefflin. Look how that went. 60 mm. to 1 on Tony. T1, Fina. T1, Tony. I'd, T1, but, Tony. You know, given... I know I wasn't on him and, you know, I'd given up a long time ago on Tony. And as you say, you've been on and around him. And I guess the... The kind of narrative with Tony was that if he was going to win, it was more likely to be a bigger event. Um, he'd yeah, been contending, yeah, well, not necessarily contending, but he'd been um, in the mix and getting top tens at majors for you know time immemorial, really. Yep. Um, so it wasn't a surprise that when he did win again, that it was in a in a you know a top class field as it was last week. But um, yeah. you can't take it away from him. I mean, the, the outpouring of support and. Uh, Congratulations for the guy has been has uh, been outstanding and you know he, he seems properly properly chuffed with it as he should be first winning five years and um, back in the uh, back in the driving seat now 
Interesting to see where he goes. As, as ever, you know, you say the same thing about these players who get a win after a long period of time, or a first win in the case of some of them, um, as to how they push on from here. But you feel with Tony that that monkey off his back should uh, should free oh, him yeah. up and you know give, give him the impetus he needs to push forward. Really, he can avoid he can avoid that question, can't he? When's your next win, Tony? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was very impressive, John Rahm. Um, it, it, and he, and he admitted it after the event. Um, those missed birdie parts on 9 and 10 kind of screwed with his mind, I think. And all of a sudden, when he missed the one on 10, Tony started coming at him. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, was that, those was last that four holes, Ram was kind of cooked, wasn't he? All yeah, of a sudden, yeah. he was missing fairways, getting in trouble, chuntering, moaning, shaking his head, having a go at cameramen. Um, yeah, it all start, kind of unraveled, didn't it, for, for Ram in the end? Yeah, which, you know, for the, for the bookies' favourite, for the world number one, for the guy who, you know, you, you would be looking to close out that kind of position that he was in. Um, a bit disappointing, really. Um, I'm sure he'll be disappointing. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it's it's the kind of situation that you'd expect. You know, a, a tiger in his pomp would have uh, absolutely annihilated that kind of position. But, um, you know, that we're, we're not in the same situation with John Rahm at the moment. He's... Uh, He's still developing, isn't he? And uh, he needs to needs to be a bit more clinical in those kind of positions. But uh, take nothing away from. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, they, they were waxing lyrically on Sky about the world number one, and he, you yeah. know, is he as good as Seve and all this ridiculous <laughs> chat? Um, I mean, I, why that get keeps getting brought up, I have no idea. But you know, just from a punting perspective, John Rahm was a ten to one shot, clear favourite. Didn't get the job done. Um, you just, you know, it's, it's difficult. And and then you look at the odds this week, clearly defending champion, totally different golf course, 13 yeah. to 2. Yeah. And you look at John Rahm, you, you say, well, yeah, he could win this week. Could win by five or six if he kept the game together. The way that he played, I think it was the the eighth, the par five that was over 600 yards. The, the There was literally no roll on the fairways for obvious reasons. And I think he used a three wood from three... It was something like I'm sure they said three ten mm. or three fifteen, and he's hit it in the middle of the green for two. I mean that was just so 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 impressive. That was just unbelievable. He actually hit the second shot further with the three wood off the fairway than he did the drive. Yeah, different game. Incredible, incredible stuff. And when you see someone do things like that, you, you know, that's exceptional golf. How many people reach that hole in two? Mm. If you'd have counted up during the day, wouldn't have been many. The other, the one, of course, that should also be mentioned, Cam Smith, playing some fantastic stuff. But Cam Cameron, I read an interview with him. Um, he's already arrived in Maryland, and he just he just kept mentioning, mentioning, mentioning. He's got to sort his driving out. Just has to sort the driver out. It's just oh, too yeah. crooked. Yeah. Well, when he gets hot on the greens, which we know he, he can regularly do, he's um, so destructive to a golf course, isn't he? Mm. He's banging in these super low rounds, um, but uh, yeah, with a little bit more consistency from off the tee, he would be a, he'd be a world beater, wouldn't he? What of oh, um, for sure? What did you make of the Czech Masters? Yeah, yeah, a bit a bit disappointing from my perspective. Um, Nikolai Hogard was the best mm. chance I had, and actually, I, he, he played some Got really close. good golf. Yeah, he, yeah. He, um. I, I don't think that would put me off backing him again. Um, I'm sure his time will come. He finished uh, what tied 17th, I think, in the end. Um, but his long game looks spot on. Second for greens and regulation. Second for strokes gained tee to green. 
um, lost six strokes on the greens overall there, there or thereabouts, which um, isn't usually like him. He's not a bad putter by any stretch, but just couldn't get it going, couldn't, couldn't get the ball in the cup last week. Um, which meant some of the other guys came through. Johannes Veerman, who was on my shortlist, it was a horrible betting heat last week. It was it, it was hideous. You know, you know the kind of event where you look at a um, a betting market and um, just want to vomit. Really, it was it was horrible. Um, but Johannes Veerman was on the list. Um, Twenty eight to one. I couldn't I couldn't go near him. Is that and uh, him and uh, uh, Jack Krustvik, um who a similar kind of price? I couldn't touch either of those guys. Um, but Sir Veerman came through in the end when Tapio pulled Cannon. Um, he finished what bogey double, didn't he, to uh, to take himself out of the lead and uh, allow Veerman to come through and grab his first uh, European Tour win. Interesting to see Stenson, um, Henrik Stenson, get back to uh, something like um, decent form as well. That was his first top ten um, back since he won what the. Um, it was the World Challenge, wasn't it? Back at the end of 2019 was the last time that he, mm. he won anything. I, mean, that was, I think that was his last top 10 as well. So fourth last week for Stenson was a big step in the right direction. And, and his game actually looked quite good. Again, his trusted three were doing the business and um, you know, save for a few mistakes, which uh, without being in contention for so long, you, you can kind of forgive, I guess. Um, again, interesting to see how he pushes on. Did you see the Boise Open? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Did no, you see no. the result? Yeah, I saw a few of the uh, a few of the European Tour guys made their uh, way onto the PGA Tour, which is going to be going to be huge. My understanding them. is, I think Aaron Rye needed. I think he needed a par on the final hole, and there's a there's a photo of him chipping for his third shot from just yeah. off the green, like literally just off the fringe. He made a six. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he's qualified. So Aaron Rye. And Matthias Swab. Yep. They're definitely going to be on the PGA Tour next season. Yeah, yeah, huge for them. Another loss for the European Tour. But, you know, these guys use it as a stepping stone nowadays, don't they? They're, they're, they're getting to the positions where they can go and then compete on you know, selected PGA Tour events or uh, Corn Ferry Tour events, as you've just described, and find their way through onto the main tour. I guess next year... <laughs> You think about it. They have three. They have three Corn Ferry Tour or Corn Ferry Playoff tournaments, don't they? Yeah. Yep. You need you need kind of a top five in one of those three, and you're basically playing the PGA Tour. Yeah. yeah. And the fields are deep. Hmm. But you know, oh, yeah, for, a, for a player of Swab or Rice quality that's played in WGCs, made top fives in WGCs as well. You know, it's not the most <clears throat> onerous of. Oh, Lucas Herbert made it as well. But yes, yes. Yeah, it was a decent. Yeah, Brzezadenhoe was in there. Stephen, you know, Jaeger's had a great year on the Corn Ferry. McIntyre still trying to qualify. He's thirty to one this week yeah. on the Corn Ferry at the Nationwide Children's Championship, which is the one they play at. Um, I think it's Scarlet Course in Ohio. Brzezadenhoe, Herbert, Aaron Rye, Stephen Jaeger, Robert McIntyre, Matthias Schwab, and Grayson Sigur won last week. Patrick Rogers, PU. To be fair, I mean that field. That that field's been that feels far better than a lot of European tour events. It really is. Well, yeah, and it's it's, it's pushing towards the uh, the kind of alternate events that you get on the PGA Tour, isn't it? In terms of quality, mm. it's not far off. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, it's just adding more and more depth to the PGA Tour next season. That that's uh, very true. I mean, it's going to be interesting stuff, isn't it? 
with the work they're going to do with the Scottish Open and the, you know, mm. the European Tour and the PGA Tour are starting to kind of merge and mingle a little bit. Right, let's talk European or Amiga European Masters, shall we? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so to, you take it from here. Back to Crown Sousier after after missing out on this event last year. And so, um, it's good, good to be back. Stunning layout, isn't it, Crown Sousier? Um, certainly one for the bucket list. Um Players love it, don't they? You see Instagram and Twitter absolutely exploding yeah. with pictures and selfies. And um, can I just ask a question quickly? Mm. Were oh. you surprised not to see Justin Rose or Will Zalatoris in the field? Zalatoris said after I don't know if it was a, a reaction that he kind of regrets saying afterwards. He said after the Wyndham because clearly he couldn't play in the FedEx Cup playoffs yeah, yeah. that he was going to come to Europe. So whether he meant to play this. Or whether he's going to try and impress Steve Stricker by winning something like this, I don't know. But I expect he's going to be coming to Wentworth by the sounds of it. Yeah. But yeah. I was. I, I also heard rumours, and I'm sure Rose said in an interview that he was going to play in Cranshaw Sierra, and he hadn't turned up. Yeah, he was. He was in. He was in the list um, till quite late on last week, I think, and, uh, and then dropped off. What's that so. telling you about Justin Rose? And he's kind of. When he was questioned on it, you know, the obvious Ryder Cup question, he was like, oh, well, I'm in a, you know, the usual, I'm in a process, you know, and I'm just concentrating on trying to be the best I can and play the best golf I can. And if I get selected, I get selected. That kind of PR answer. Yeah. But the fact he's not playing quite a strong event on the European tour when you'd have thought he'd be putting his hand up and saying, come and pick me, Padre, please pick me. Does that tell us that he's got a pick and he knows he's got a pick or... Know. Or does it tell you that um, he knows he's not playing good golf? He turns up, and misses the cut. What kind of message does that send? Mm. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's decided to give it a swerve as his will. Um, but uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be convinced to see Rose in the Ryder Cup. I must say, he's, he's, he's not been right for a while, and there's plenty of players who are playing better golf and um, with the. You know, with the desire, by the looks of it, to, to to battle their way onto the team. Look at Alex Noren last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If he, he he puts in another big performance this week, you know, mm. even though he's you know points wise, I don't think he's got way much down. of a chance. Of, yeah, of, of making it. But um, you know, it's someone who's coming in off some progressively hot form in some very very deep fields. Um, that's you know that's got to be more than noteworthy for Padre to uh, to see. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next uh, next couple of weeks. Is it two or three weeks to see how it all, all develops? But yeah, no rose this week. Um, uh, and overall, though, it is a much more attractive betting heat to, to last week. Twenty five to one the field, which um, which does help as well. Bernd Wiesberg is the favourite, and he still has those harbouring Ryder Cup aspirations. Um, he could still just about get there if he uh, finishes with a decent uh, decent run over the next few weeks. Justin Harding's been backed in twenty-eight to one. Uh, Callum Hill, Sam Horsfield, Richard Bland, uh, Thomas Detrial, thirty-three to one. Uh, Thirty-fives, you've got the likes of Thomas Peters, Andy Sullivan, Guido Migliozzi, forty to one bar. Decent field. Um, some some strong European Tour regular names there, all playing together, which is really encouraging for this event and encouraging that they managed to fill the. Um, entry list for this um, quite comfortably, whereas other weeks it's been a bit of a struggle for for the final spots to be uh, to be filled up each week. So um, a step forward as we head into the autumn on the European tour. 
Uh, the track itself, Cranstorcier and Cromat Montana, um, Switzerland, set high up in the uh, Swiss Alps at altitude. The yardage, the actual card reads 6,848 yards for a par of 70. But you've got masses of elevation change here, elevate um, altitude as well. And it means that each of the holes needs some calculation, whether that's uphill, downhill, bringing the, uh, uh, bringing the altitude into consideration. You get out, um, temperature changes between the mornings and the afternoons as well, which need to be factored in. So it's kind of a, a thinking man's course in that respect. Um, Tree-lined, quirky test, um, small bent par greens. Four sub 400-yard par fours as well. Um, but you've got some attackable par fives on this. Um, and the setup, it brings all sorts of players into the mix. It can bring the longer players into it. It brings shorter players with the fact that the track itself plays you know, well under 7,000 yards, um, even with the elevation changes and certainly with the altitude bringing the, uh, the net yardage down. Um, all sorts of players can feature here. Um, the weather's set reasonably fair. The odd shower expected, but some chilly mornings, um, you know, four or five degrees some mornings, so it's going to be kind of bubble hats to start with by the looks of it. Um, and then heading towards uh, 60 Fahrenheit or so in the afternoons. Not overly windy, 10 miles an hour maybe, maybe a little bit more, 10, 11 or 12, but nothing excessive um, looking at the current forecast. And... Um, they continued to tweak the course and little um, chops and changes. They made a few more changes to a couple of the greens uh, over the last couple of years since we played back in 2019, which um, is progressively toughening it up a little bit. And you can see that with the winning scores and how that's progressed over the last 10 years or so. Uh, going back to 2010, Miguel Angel Jimenez won at 21 under par. It was an 18 to 1 shot. Uh, 2011 was Thomas Bjorn at 20 under. Richie Ramsey, 16 under. Um, and then 2013, Bjorn won again at 20 under. So these kind of regular sc uh, finishing uh, scores around about 20 under par. Uh, then it started to toughen up a little bit. David Lipsky won at 125 to 1 with an 18 under total in 2014. Danny Willett won at 17 under the following year. Then Alex Noren at 17 under. Matthew Fitzpatrick won the first of his two titles in 2017 at 14 under. Um, it was a 30 to 1 shot that week and then defended the year after at 17 under for a 12 to 1 win. And then the last time we came, 2019, there was a five man playoff, um, all at 14 under par. Um, and Sebastian Soderberg um, grabbed his European tour title at a massive 275 to 1. Um, beating the likes of Rory McElroy. Rory was in the uh, playoff. Yeah, I remember that, that playoff, yeah. Yeah, Sebastian Soderberg was the man who prevailed from that five-man um, five-man affair. Um, Never heard from him ever since. Yeah, well, there's there's a few little signs um, that he could be playing some decent enough golf, but uh, but yes, um, huge for him to beat that kind of a, a field and, uh, and and certainly in the playoff. But fourteen under was the total, so we've kind of seen it progress from 21, 20 under to to kind of fourteens being a, a more common winning score, and I suspect we're going to see something quite similar again this week and um, you look through the stats that you we can glean from the players who've performed well or won around here and uh, there's a real mix you can have a long strong game and um, a strong long game either uh, even um, or a strong short game and um, either type wins or potentially wins around here and um, we've also seen some longer players like brooks kepka has come close here rory as we just said 
Scott Hens come close a couple of times. Lucas Beregard lost in a playoff here as well. Um, all longer players who've um, attacked the course in a far different approach and come very close to winning it. So I'm not sure that you could label this as a um, a single type of player would would prevail here. There's there's many many ways to um, navigate your way around Cross Soucier, I think. Um, looking at strokes gained, the last time we came in 2019, um, strokes gained putting, which was the most um, common and consistent factor from the players who finished in, in the playoff or, or in the case of Soderbergh, who was the eventual winner. So, uh, you know, you, I think you could make a case, you could create a narrative for any angry you like this week and uh, give it some justification. Uh, looking at what the facts that we do have, um, seven of the last top ten uh, some of the last 10 winners had a top seven finish on their previous start coming into this event. Even Soderberg at 275 to 1, he'd finished fifth on his previous start. So I'm sure there were plenty of people, plenty of punters who picked up on Soderberg and backed him at a mad price and were delighted to see him uh, come through in the playoff uh, two years ago. All of those top uh, last 10 winners as well had a top five finish in the season to date. So some contending form. Um, most of them had a positive record too here at Croissant-Soucier. Soderbergh was the exception, really. He was uh, a debutant a couple of years back. Uh, but most of the others had at least played a couple of times and most of the others had some positive results here um, over the years as well. So having had a good look at Croissant-Soucier in the past um, would make a level of sense, um, unless you get a Soderbergh-style winner, which if you do, well done to you to, to pluck, for plucking that kind of a winner out. But yeah, boil it all down. I think a variety of different styles to win this week. And um, I think you've just got to make a take a view on who you think is going to go well and uh, and, and go from there. I mean, for me, I'd, shortlist was probably 12 long to begin with. And uh, I tried to whittle it down. I got down to six in the end um, and uh, just accepted that it will be a week where I back six players. Um, Kali Tumua is the um, is the top pick for me this week. Forty five to one, I backed him at on Monday afternoon. Um, eighth at the London Club in his last start, he topped the strokes gain tee to green. He was second strokes gain approach, sixth sixth for strokes gain around the green that week as well. So playing some decent stuff. Um, made the playoff here on debut last time. Um, he topped the strokes game putting stats that, that week as well. So combine that with the fact that um, he's playing very, very strong golf from tee to green right now. And that uh, looks a pretty potent combination for a 45-1 uh, a to one shot. He absolutely loved the location when he played on his debut a couple of years back. Loved the course, loved the greens. Um, and uh, uh, he looks like a player who's going to be breaking through potentially over the next uh, weeks and months. Um, hopefully this week. Um, he lost another playoff uh, back in the last year. Callum Shinquin beat him in Cyprus, but he's knocking on the door. I, for me, he could be that kind of player who seals the deal um, this week. Tapio Pulkinen, another Finn, just failed last week, and perhaps Samuya can come through and pick up the reins for Finnish golf this week and uh, get over the line. So Samuya's in at forty-five to one. Richie Ramsey, I've also backed at fifty to one. Um, strong run of results from Richie recently. Uh, the putt has warmed up, which is uh, which is encouraging for a player who's normally so solid from tee to green. Fourth at the Irish Open, ninth last time out at the Kazoo Classic, and the highlights of his most recent form. 
And, and if you go look at the back, you know, go back through those names of winners that I've uh, read through uh, a second ago. Thomas Bjorn, Alex Noren, Matthew Fitzpatrick all won a second title here since 2013. And Richie Ramsey won here back in 2012. He won by four shots that week. So perhaps he can add, him, add his name to the list of multiple winners here at Croix-Soucière. So Ramsey's in. Um, Wade Ormsby, I've also backed at 90-1. There's a little bit of a 100-1 out there if you want to take fewer places, but I backed him at 90s. Um, he's the kind of player that these short, fiddly tracks suit. Twice a winner at Fandling um, for the Hong Kong Open. Also a winner in Delhi on that uh, small, fiddly track over there that they've used for various Indian Opens and uh, Panasonic Opens, etc. over the years. Eighth here, last time out in 2019. That was his best finish. Um, on this track, second into Sunday, didn't quite finish on, or didn't quite finish the deal off on Sunday. Shot a seventy-one, which is not going to be good enough around here, but certainly certainly showed some intent anyway. Um, on a track that I would have thought you know should suit him um, anyway, let alone the fact that he has got that top ten finish. Uh, recent form: twelfth in Scotland, tenth in Wales, um, and uh, this track suits far better than those uh, those two tracks, in my view. So, uh, expecting Wade Ormsby to have a big week this week. Um, three more at decent prices as well. Lucas Berrigard, I've taken a punt on. Um, I said this earlier that long hitters can feature, and I backed him here on in twenty eighteen on the back of that kind of theory, and he, he came very close. He lost in the playoff to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Fitz made a uh, birdie on the first extra hole to beat him. Um, thirty three to one he was that week. Hundred to one now, um, as his uh, his form has dropped away. He very nearly dropped outside the world's top thousand at one point, which for a player of Lucas Berrigard's ability is. Um, is mad really, but he's shown some signs of life recently, um, which has been encouraging. He led to the halfway point at the Hero Open recently. Um, he was eighth to halfway at the Kazoo Classic on his last start. Hasn't quite managed to string all four rounds together yet, but perhaps he'll come back to this track. Perhaps uh, you know, it will get the competitive juices flowing again. And um, having had a couple of kind of stuttering attempts over his last couple of starts where he's got himself into the mix and then faded, perhaps he'll uh, stick around for for three or four days this week and reward us with a, at least an each-way place. It wasn't too long ago when he beat Tiger Woods in that no. uh, world the, match play over in Austin, Texas. What's what, it? Wouldn't that have been two years ago? Yeah, uh, it's probably three, probably three or four. But yeah, it was, um, it was... I think it was the year that Tiger went on to win the Masters. Yeah, it was super he impressive. Beat, and Lucas got to the semi-final of the world match play. Man, oh. That shows you what a talent the guy was. Yeah, he's been a lot more visual on leaderboards over the last four to six weeks, and then he just falls away. So it's going to click at some point. Yeah, it's, you know, for me, when he's at his best, he's a massive greens in regulation yeah. merchant, and um, you know yeah. that's that's certainly one way to get around it. When he was playing well at the Hero Open recently, it was the putter. He went absolutely mad with the putter. He was he was holding absolutely everything. Um, which you know, it's got to put some you know push some confidence through your game when you're starting yep. to see the see the ball dropping, and uh, it, it's coming, it's, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's statistically, he seems to be improving on most counts, and um, you know, rather than just a string of missed cuts, we're seeing a string of um, you know yeah. halfway contending performances. So, yeah, um, 
Yeah, at some point, I think that will come good. And perhaps I don't think he's going to be three figures for much longer. No, no, I think you're absolutely right there. It's going to be uh, going to be dropping like a stone. Yeah, so Beregard's in. Um, Shabanka Sharma I've backed as well. Um, 125 to 1, I got him early doors. Um, there's still some 100 to 1 around right now, but he's been tipped in a few places, so um, he's been backed quite heavily. He's got some good progressive form. 13th in Northern Ireland, 16th in Scotland, 9th in Kent on his last start as well. If you look through his record, he won the Joburg Open in 2017 at altitude. He's got a couple of top 10 finishes in Hong Kong. He's got a couple of top fours at that Delhi track I mentioned before. He missed the cut here in 2018, but he was in awful form back then. He couldn't even make the top 50 in many of his events that he was playing. Um, in far, far better form and progressive form now, as I've just described. So um, taking a chance on Sharma. Also taking a chance on Sjorn Keltsen at 150 to 1 um, as my sixth and final selection. And we've seen Miguel Angel Jimenez, Thomas Bjorn win, um, you know, flying the flag for the veterans over the last few years on this track. And uh, at the age of 46, perhaps Sjorn Keltsen can join him this week. Um, seventh last week on a Czech Masters yeah. track that far, far better suits the Bombers. A long track. And you know, if you were doing a shortlist of players to play well at the Czech Masters, Sean Kelton would be far, far away down that list. So to see him finish seventh. First for Strokes game putting last week as well. So the putter's on fire. Um, and coming to a track which is far more amenable for a player like him. Um, has finished fourth here back in the day, back in 2006. Uh, fourth and sixth at the Hong Kong Open as well. Um, that's a huge price, but for me, I think that's the kind of track, this is the kind of track and the kind of um, course and event that does produce um, more experienced winners. And if there is to be one, perhaps it is uh, Soren Kjeldsen this week. Um, so here's my final one. I'll, I'll go back through in reverse order then just to re um Iterate those players. Uh, Soren Kelton, 150s. Shabanka Sharma, 125s. 100 now. Uh, Lucas Berrigard, 100 to 1. Wade Ormsby, 90. Richie Ramsey, 50 to 1. And Kali Samura at 45 to 1. I think I've pronounced Samura's name in about seven different ways already today. So I've been um, quite impressed. Yeah, perhaps one of those pronunciations was correct, and uh, I'll settle on the correct one for um, for when he wins, and then I can uh, I can big him up next week on the uh, on the podcast. You look at Finland; they're producing some a, a decent squad of players, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Last 12, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Valamaki, Polkanen. Uh, Tapio Polkanen, Falamaki, yeah. uh, Mikko Kahonen as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some, some good players, and they're, they're all producing some good contending performances. And you know, with Falamaki, he got to got his win at the back end of last or in 2020, didn't he? So, um, mm. so yeah, they're all, they're all kind of spurring each other on. Um, for for um, for Samur, it was the uh, Olympics as well. Yeah, the chance to uh, to get some experience there, which I think will, will help him in the longer run as well. And uh, you know, I. I it wouldn't surprise me to see one of these guys get over the line really quite soon. We shall see. BMW Championship, the second leg of the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. 125 has been cut to 70. Uh, there's actually, I think, well, I think there's going to be 69 in this. Uh, Reed's got, was it double pneumonia? Yes, yeah. It's pretty poorly, isn't he? Hmm. Not sure if we'll see him for a few weeks or months. If, uh, if well, his wife was still talking on Twitter about the fact that he might play this week, but uh, I know he hasn't been priced up. Um, no. I can't see it. Something like that. Potentially, 
just get well, Patrick, really. That's all we can yeah. say. Um, so we're down to a field of 69. Clearly um, a, a rather talented field, as you would expect. Um, I would point you in the direction of Nosferatu uh, on Twitter, at VC606. He, he knows all the statistics about the world of golf. And he's got a great chart about what players need to do to effectively get into that key top 30. Don't forget, top 30, go to the Tour Championship next week at Eastlake. And we're not talking John Rahms of the world or, you know, JT's or DeChambeau's or you know, Louis Oosthuizen and these kind of players, Xander, you know, Derek Brooks, they're all well at the top, ensconced. They probably know they're going to play the Tour Championship every year. We're going to the, you know, on the coalface, for a player like Max Homer, uh, it's a big, big deal to get into that top 30 because effectively it guarantees you spots in the US Open, the Open next year and the PGA Championships. It opens a lot of doors. So, you know, and and we've seen this. I'm just taking the last two years. I'm just looking at places here. So each way places. Corey Connors entered in 2019, the BMW in 27th. Um, I think he was ranked something like 70, 75 in the world. So, again, to stay in that top 30 was a big deal for Connors. That was the year he won his first tour title down in Texas. Matsuama was 33rd entering. He got a place. And then 2020, Tony Finau was 29th, fighting for his life to keep him to a championship. He, he placed. I was on him at 40-1. to 1. And Wacky Neiman, 31st. He was 150 to 1. He was 31st in the rankings and he had a world ranking of 71. So again, for Neiman, it was a huge door opener to get yeah. into this top 30. So I'm just looking at, I mean, uh, Nosferatu basically says, if you look at the last, I don't know, eight years, um, it effectively anyone from 25 up is safe. There's been some years where two have jumped into the top 30. The maximum is four. So if, if four jumped in, Horschel, McElroy, Hoffman and Homer are under pressure, serious pressure. I mean, Rory McElroy is under the cosh, effectively, to, to stay in the top 30, needs to pull something out. A top 15, something like that. Top 20, no trouble. But this Nosferatu sheet just shows what players have got to do. So for the likes of a Phil Mickelson, Harry Higgs, they've got to finish second, effectively. A Ryan Palmer, a Taylor Gooch, a Patton Kazire. Then you move up to someone like a Paul Casey, 54th in the rankings. He's effectively got to finish kind of third, fourth to jump into that top 30. Same for Webb Simpson. That's a big ask. Someone like a Lee Westwood. Again, another top four, top five. Same for Shane Lowry. So, yeah, well worth checking out. It'll give you a view of what players going to actually need to get into that top 30 spot. Yeah, and the players themselves will have a rough idea, won't they, as to, as, as to what it is they need to do. And it certainly focuses oh, yeah. the mind. And that, you know, and they and you've got the ties and what that does. It's, mm. you know... It's 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 an interesting time of the year, isn't it? 
It really is in terms of getting into that top 30. But, as I said, for a plus... I mean, it was interesting last week, Tom Hoagie. I mean, if Tom Hoagie by whatever... I mean, Tom Hoagie, again, would need a top five this week. But if Hoagie got a top five and got into that top 30, that is an absolute you know, career-defining... Well, not career-defining, but a serious career move to get those three spots in into um, those majors next year. I also pointed out on a tweet yesterday, Stuart Sink, 19th in the FedEx Cup at his age, is unbelievable. 48 years of age, 19th in the FedEx Cup. So he's safe as houses. To do what he's done this year has been a fantastic performance, it has to be said. Really does. Right. BMW Championship then. We're playing a new golf course, Caves Valley. Not a bad golf course. I think it's got a a membership of hundreds. And those members include Barack Obama, who used to play here regularly when he was president, and Michael Phelps, apparently, plays here a lot. Pretty because, uh, John Rahm um, mentioned in his interview yesterday that he was going to phone Michael up because Michael's a personal friend, just ask him how the course plays. <laughs> yeah. just, just a little bit of casual name drop in there. From, yeah, from just to drop that one in there. Now, the, the other thing we've got, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, no one left. No one got to this golf course until probably midday yesterday, because they were all hot footing it from New Jersey, which yeah, was a yeah. three-hour drive. I expect it was twenty minutes in the air for someone like John Rahm. Um, but yes, no, yeah, very few have got experience at this golf course, and they're arriving late. So um, Keith Mitchell was interviewed yesterday, and he said that he'd literally showered after his interview, jumped in a car, BMW put on a car for them, jumped in a BMW, drove three, three and a quarter hours to to Baltimore, uh, got to his hotel at 10, 10.30, got up in the morning, played 18 yesterday because he didn't have a spot in the Pro-Am. So that was the only chance he was going to get to see this golf course. So it's a hectic schedule. It's a funny one as well, this golf course, has to be said. Par 72, 7,542 yards. Number of holes with water in play, five. The fairways are bent grass. The rough is a mix of fescue, Kentucky bluegrass and perennial rye, up to three inches. Some of the holes, especially the ones, it's a two sets of nine. There's what I would classify as a flat set of nine and ones that a lot more... Um, it, this course is set in the hills northwest of Baltimore, so there's quite a lot of undulation on one of the nines. Take you up into the trees, quite hilly. Um, the the holes uh, with water in play, a lot of long fescue, reminded me slightly of TPC Boston, had to be said, just that part, that section of the golf course. Um, the fairways here are pretty, well... <sighs> The fairways are stated 25 to 28 yards wide, but the kind of fairways have got a lot of kind of changes in them. So a lot of the holes, you get kind of pinch points where um, it would appear that Logan Fazio, it's a Tom Fazio design, and then Logan Fazio did a 2020 renovation. But it would appear that they they put a lot of pinch points into these fairways, which are the landing areas, with a lot of bunkering around them. But then you look at the distances and you look at the yardages, it would appear to me that some of these pinch points can actually get bombed over. 
And that's why I've gone for a, a, a bunch of big hitters this week, but I'll go into that in slightly more detail. If you're looking for Fazio designs, I've got a list of them in my betting preview, but uh, redesign renovation. Seaside course, where they play the RSM Classic, he's put a lot of work into Riviera Country Club, the Genesis Invitational. Quail Hollow is probably the most famous. 2017 PGA Championship and all the Wells Fargo Championships since 2016. He did a load of work at Oakmont, 2016 US Open won by DJ. And also Merrion, 2013 US Open won by uh, Justin Rose. There's also Shadow Creek, where they played the CJ Cup last year. You can uh, have a look at Corrales, where they played the Corrales Championship, although you won't get many players from those fields in this. Also, Conway Farms, 2013. You'll remember that, Paul. You, you put up Zach Johnson at 40-1 to 1 that week. Yeah. Zach Johnson won that in 13. 2015 and 2017, Mark Leishman won the 2017 renewal from memory. They played that at Conway Farms, another Fazio design. So if you just want to look at Fazio designs and who plays well on these or names that keep cropping up, there's a list. In the predictor model this week, I've taken a lot of the work away for you. There is a Tom Fazio variable in there, and it basically shows you over the last five years who's got the best results on Tom Fazio designs. That's an angle to look into. But this golf course for me is quirky, Paul. It's a bit, it's a weird one. It really is. We got a typical par seventy-two setup with the with the four par threes and the four par fives. Um, but we've got a scenario where all of the par fives are sub six hundred yards. Yeah. So that's that. You know, for for the longer drivers, that I mean, we were talk, I was talking about John Rahm earlier on a soft golf course. For the elite ball strikers, the elite guys that you know we see week in week out at the top of leaderboards. They must be licking their chops there. Sub 600 yards, all the par fives. Get your drive away and uh, bingo, yep. isn't it? Three of the par fours are sub 400 yards. That is really quirky. So three par fours at sub 400 yards. Mm. Yeah, so let's be frank here. Bryson DeChambeau must be arriving here licking his chops. Um. I'll I'll list them for you. The first is three sixty five, the fifth is three fifty six, and the eleventh is three fifty six. Now I don't I don't recall many golf courses with three sub four hundred yard par fours. You've no. then got six par six par fours, which are the full sort of four fifty plus. So they're they're stretchers, and then you listen to this for the par threes, four par threes. One is one ninety two, so yeah, but then the other three are all 224, 223, and 221. So, you know, I'm just thinking to myself here, if you've got four attackable par fives, you've got three par threes at around the 225-yard mark, and you've got three par fours that look 350-ish, players that are absolutely fantastic drivers and players that really like their very long approach shots should be in clover this week. Yeah, yeah, some decent decent longer irons, um, mid to longer irons, particularly with those par threes as well. But yeah, you know, if you get the driver away in these par fives, then you should be uh, you should be in a position to have a go at most of them, shouldn't you? As to whether the path, the short path fours will play um, drivable, we'll have to see how the course pans out. But uh, two um, look drivable. There's yeah. one with water in play which doesn't. That looks riskier. But yeah. yeah, I reckon at least one, potentially two of those. 
are going to be more are going to be very attackable. What the other thing is this this actually ho- it's hosted various different events, LPGA, um, amateur, at decent level, Midwest and stuff. But 2017 Constellation Senior Players Championship was won here, and I watched some video on YouTube of the golf course, which was interesting. Um, it was won by Scott McCarran, and he beat. Um, Bernhard Langer, there's a, a surprise. And Brant, here's a name for you, Brant Job. Now, I remember Brant Job as a journeyman on the PGA Tour yeah. um, by shot. And it was all high GIR stuff. I'm talking you know, 80, 83% GIR for the week. Now, I know that that's a senior tours event. I know they've added 400 yards, but yeah, 400 yards for these PGA Tour guys, it is. It means nothing. You read it all the time. Distance doesn't kill these players. It's difficulty. It's rough length. It's firm and fast conditions, or the or the or wind or whatever. Yeah. Distance won't mean that this is a difficult golf course. And we know with these BMW Championships, twenty under, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four different courses they visit. They don't mind it. Yeah. So the organising committee here. Um. Like the Western Golf man. Association, if it's this is 22, 23, 24 under, they're not batting an eyelid. They yeah. really aren't. No wind either this week. Like, you know, we saw two rounds of 20, 25 mile an hour gusts last week. You're going to have none of that this week. And 33, 34 degrees, hot, humid, no wind. I think they're going to take this place apart. Uh, it's been quite a lot of water, uh, rain in the build up as well in this part of the world. So I think it's going to be kind of lush conditions at the start. And if it's 33, 34 degrees, they're going to be getting those hoses out every night to make sure those greens don't go brown and crusty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's all going to be very amenable stuff. Um, there's there's a full list in the in the preview. Um, I, I for me. <sighs> It, it tends to be a bit of a mix here, although the last two years we've seen players like John Rahm was ninth in the FedEx Cup when he won here, la, uh, when he won this last year over at Olympia Fields. Now, that was a major championship venue, which is firm and fast. I don't think you've seen that this week. Justin Thomas was 15th in 2019. Keegan Bradley was 52nd in the FedEx Cup 2018. I know the structure changed in the last two years of the structure that we now associate with. So the Tour Championship with this minus 10 starting position and only three legs. But yeah, Bradley 52nd, Leishman was 7th, Horschel was 20th. So players from depth in the FedEx Cup can win this. So, you know, Rory McIlroy punters. There's no, there's no, you know, we have seen with Zach Johnson going back in 2013. He was 27th in the FedEx Cup winning that in 2013. Of late, though, 15th FedEx Cup ranking was JT. John Rahm was 9th. So that kind of paints a particular picture. I'm looking for players that are deeper in the rankings. And, you know, and as we know now, getting that that top spot is so important in the in the Tour Championship. I, I think, you know, the idea that players want to be first or second. They want to be starting at 10 under or 8 under for the best yeah. chance of winning that yeah. Tour Championship. You don't want to be giving John Rahm 10 under leading going into that Tour Championship next week in the form that he's in. No, 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 no. It needs to be within a, a few strokes, don't you? So I've gone for a mixture. I, uh, and again, with with the top 70 and such, of, uh, you know, there, there's some prices I really couldn't really get behind this week. 13 to 2 on Rahm. <laughs> Steve Palmer will probably put him up, but... 
there you go. It's, it's just what it is. What it is. The guy is a top ten each way machine, isn't he? So they, they they're going to keep cut. But again, last week we saw we saw weakness when push came to shove. He isn't he, he isn't the closer that you would want no. for a six to one shot, is he? In my opinion, no, no. It's it, it, just at that kind of price, you'd expect um, expect him to be converting that kind of opportunity last week. But um, he's, he will he's be a feature. Oh, yeah. Well, in last year, Ram and it was DJ, and DJ had won the event in Boston the week before. So I don't. Ram's not going to disappear, and that's what you get here. I think you you get players that find form. The elite players will stick with that form. They'll keep moving forward. Xander at 18s. I, I still struggle. Why is yeah? From a win perspective, and I know he's won the Olympics, but he's eighteen to one second favourite. Xander. Yeah. You've then got JT at twenties, equal in price with Spieth. Colin Morikawa, 22s, equal with Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau now. Brooks Kepka 25s, tied with Patrick Cantlay, Cam Smith, 28s in, in a spot. But Cam Smith is 22 to 1 in most spots, which puts him on the same price point as Colin Morikawa. Morikawa apparently is having back problems. Now, beware the injured golfer and this, that and the other, but um, apparently well, hurt himself. Yeah, I, I, not in a great spot physically, they say. Well, it's it's interesting. I've I've backed him, which um, I'll I'll take I'll tell you that now, um, or talk you talk you through that now. When you mentioned it, but um, he did pick, he picked up that muscle pull at the Olympics, didn't he? And in his back, mm. and he was saying that he had to adapt his swing to kind of compensate yeah. for it, which was causing him problems and missed the cut last week at the Northern Trust, 26th at the St. Jude. But apparently he's swinging pain-free now. He's adapted it back and he's hitting the shots that he was previously hitting um, and back back to his kind of uh, fade shape and uh, feeling quite comfortable with it. So um, personally, I've taken a punt on that because I think a um, a fit and healthy Colin Morikawa um, could win this. Um, yeah. You know, if he if he is struggling still a little bit, or it, it comes back and bites him during the event, then maybe not. But um, at twenty two to one, um, personally, I thought that was worth taking a taking a chance on. But um, but yes, there is that niggling, that little doubt there. The, the flip side of it, I guess, is that because he missed the cut of the Northern Trust, um, he's had far more time to prepare than most of the other guys who've turned up here this week. Very true. Um, and uh, you know, some some of these guys, have, as you said, they literally just uh, jumped on a plane or in a car and then straight over. Whereas uh, he's the only one top ten of the rankings, Paul, that missed the cup. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's sitting in sixth place. And you know for a fact that Eastlake and Colin Morikawa, they're like um, they're going to be like a match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Eastlake is all about you can't be you know you can't spread it at Eastlake. You can't fake that place. No. Well, you know, so Morikawa, fairway and green, fairway and green. Eastlake is really a perfect course for him. Yes. Um, so he needs to, yes. So, yeah, the fire's there. Someone like Morikawa. He, yeah, clearly, big week this week. He, he could jump straight back to the, top, to the top of the charts. Well, where does he go from, you know, he's, he's won the Open, um, you know, his second major championship. What's, what's next on his list of... Um, Achievements because he's going to make the Ryder Cup. That's absolutely no doubt whatsoever. So, um, does he win FedEx Cup and you know complete what is a going to be a fantastic year for him? Um, potentially, he needs to put himself in position, and to do that, um, a strong performance here this week would, as you say, set him up beautifully for for next week at Eastlake. You look at the rankings at the moment. Finau one. Ram two, Cam Smith three, Cantley four, JT five, Morikawa six. Mm. 
East Lake for me suits doesn't suit Finau. Kind of suits Rahm, although I looked when you look at his stroke play results, he hasn't got better than the sixth at East Lake in about five attempts. Yeah. Cam Smith with his driving. <laughs> Patrick Cantley always doubt the guy's minerals. JT does suit him. Colin Morikawa absolutely suits him. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's a good price on Morikara. Um, I haven't gone down that route. I'll tell you the, the five that I've gone for. I was like a kid in a, in a bit of a, <laughs> a candy store. This, and why not at the end of the day? I've only got two two weeks left on my P&L and I need, you know, I need a, another win. Is essential for me. I've gone JT at 20 to 1. Uh, three points each way with William Hill. I just liked what he did last week. He's fifth in the standings. I've always said I'm always... I don't get on. I know he's a major champion once, but I always struggle with JT's prices at majors because recently he just hasn't performed. For me, he's a premium PGA Tour player. Takes the big titles on the PGA Tour: Players Championships, FedEx Cups, Invitationals, WGCs. Struggles to take that to the next level, but you just know with JT, he's in good, good nick. The putter work last week. He was 11th yeah. for strokes game putting. Swapped his putter. He went to an AJGA event that he organises in Louisville, Kentucky. Had a chat with a lad there. He's you know, having a bit of bants with a lot of the kids there. And this guy, the guy said to him, he was using JT's old putter because he bought one for himself, or his parents did. And he kept JT. Why don't why don't you use this putter anymore? Because when you used to use this putter, you were you you could You're putt good. well. <laughs> And in the end, he said, in the, I was having an argument with this lad about on a Monday afternoon about why I'm using a different putter. And he said, in the end, I was like, yeah, why don't I use that putter? <laughs> yeah, perhaps this 15-year-old's got a point then. Putted well. 14th for strokes going tee to green. He's got the length off the tee. This golf course as well features quite a few dog legs. Um, I've, I, I noted with flyovers, I think it suits a fade, stock fade. He's got the power off the tee. He's not the longest, but he's got enough carry. Um, he's eating greens, putting well. I'm all in on him. Four-time Bent Grass winner, Deutsche Bank up at Boston, twice in South Korea, and also Medina, 2019 winner of this BMW Championship. So, yeah, I think JT finding form, fifth in the standings. He'll just be 100% focused this week. On bringing home the bacon for me, and or to you know to really try and push forward. The other one I think this course will suit. Looks like he's slimming back down. Um, his his around the green game and putting at the moment is abysmal, which suggests that he's been working, working, working on the driver and on on, on the approach shots. Yeah, and you can start to see that in his numbers. Fourth for strokes going off the tee last week. Well, you're always going to get that. But he was 20th for strokes going on approach. I think he was 11th for strokes going approach the week, the outing before in um, St. Jude. Where if you actually remember the WGC day, he was second going into Sunday. Went backwards. But there's just there's just tremors there that DeChambeau is starting to find form. So I got on board 28 to 1 with William Hill. You're not going to get a price now on Wednesday any better than 22s on DeChambeau. He's been pretty hammered. I think many people are seeing what I'm seeing about Kay's Valley yeah. and how it could suit him. Yeah, yeah. He's, the he's other thing is, ninth the Greens, 200 yards plus, Paul, ninth on tour this season, second for proximity from 200 yards and above. 
as we've always said with Bryson, it's his wedge game that he struggles with. So he's banging it from 340. Those 60, 70 yard chips. Mm. Interestingly, I followed followed him last week at Northern Trust closely, and a lot of the sub 130, 140 shots with the wedge, he was actually hitting it to eight to ten feet, missing the putt. Yeah, yeah. Suggests that he's been working a lot on his irons, mate. I, yeah, I just yeah. think that this course really suits him. Seven of his eight career PJ Tour wins have come three on pure bent grass, the other four on bent. Poana mix putting surfaces, and we know Ohio. Um, he's got a win around New Jersey at Ridgewood. He like just likes these kind of ge- geographical climbs. I think this is where he's comfortable. California boy likes the grasses. So yeah, I'm on all in on Deschambeau. He's ninth in the FedEx Cup. So fifth with Thomas, ninth for Deschambeau. I think he'll have a big week. Then I've gone for this kind of area around the 30 zone and outside with three longer shots. 32nd in the FedEx Cup standings, Keegan Bradley. Hmm. I think at one point on Monday night, Monday afternoon clearly in the States, he was in the top 30 and then he made two bogeys coming home. I think think it was 14 and was it the drive? The 15th was the drivable fall. Or is it 15? I don't know. It's 15 or 16. But anyway, he made bogey on that drivable par four. Yeah. But actually, you look at over across the week, did his usual thing from tee to green, but the putter was actually compliant. I think it was 22nd or something for strokes game putting across the week, which for someone with his tee to green game, now this guy ranks fifth on tour tee to green for the whole year. I mean, that's Keegan Bradley. That's outstanding. You know, in against the cream of the crop in world golf, he's fifth tee to green on the tour this year. Yeah, and also these proximity now first for greens in reg from two hundred and above, twenty fifth, twenty fifth for proximity two two hundred to two twenty five, twentieth for proximity two twenty five to two fifty. A lot of those ranges are in play this week. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's Won the BMW Championship at Aronimic in twenty eighteen, so he's got an affiliation with the tournament, not necessarily the golf course. Yeah, I just love him. Just really like him this week. And he's got that 30-second spot in the FedEx Cup standings. And I think he's kind of seven. He's mid-70s or maybe into the low 80s in terms of his world ranking. So a, a Tour Championship top 30 this week would be un, you know one of those getting Bradley back into the majors and not having to qualify and struggle. I think it's a big, big carrot for Keegan Bradley. So I've got a point each way, 80 to 1, William, all seven places. Two more bigger prices. Cam Champ, big driver, decent with his longer approaches from 175 and above. And he's actually making some putts. 11th at the JDC, won the 3M Open, 31st at the St. Jude WGC and 27th last week. Um, 65th in the world. Again, big carrot, top 32 a championship. He made the top 30 last year. I just think this course might suit him with the, with the long par threes, drivable par fours, and gettable par fives. And then finally, I've never got this guy right. Um, he can't miss the cut this week. It's a non-cut event. <laughs> but I was writing his tip, and then I did the, I got three, four sentences in and did the delete. 
and swapped, I don't know, I swapped to one of the others, Bradley or Champ. And in the end, I said, oh, just get him in, Steve, because I've done it so many times. Max Homer, on the bubble. But in my eight-week strokes gain trackers, 25th for off the tee, 15th for approach, 20th for around the green, and 20th tee to green. Just struggling to part at the moment. So actually, tee to green is good, very good at the moment. Yep. Ranks yep. 20th in this field of 70, or, or 69. But then you look at where he's won. Quail Hollow in 2019, that's a big boy golf course, big boy tournament. Fazio renovation. And then this year, he won the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club on another Fazio renovation. Fifth there in 2020. So clearly, there's something about Fazio courses and the way they work that he likes. On the bubble at 30th. Now, that'll work one of two ways. Either... I backed him at Quail Hollow as defending champion, and the first first round was embarrassing. I think he shot like 79. It was a brown trouser job. Now, he'll either go one of two ways. He'd do the same this week, or all of a sudden, Max Homer on a course that he likes. Because when he gets in contention, he hangs around, doesn't yeah, he, guy? Yeah, he loves yeah, top fives capable, in the biggest fields. So we'll see what he comes up with. So Homer, at 125, I got. Uh, Champ, 100. Bradley Aces, and then DeChambeau and JT, 28-1 to 1 on DeChambeau. I got that on Tuesday and 20-1 to 1 JT. Anything else to add? Very good. Um, that, uh, Bradley, I, I think, is um, a good shout for first-round leader as well. Um, I shall be putting him up on Twitter after we finish this podcast, um, around about 55, 60 to 1 is a perennial fast starter. And I think the justification you gave for him to go well this week in general is uh, very valid. So um, I think he could uh, get off to a flying start. And the only other one I've backed at a long price is Mackenzie Hughes, who I've backed a couple of times since his sixth at the Open Championship. And I'll be sticking with him this week. Um, he shot a third round 65 at the Olympics, which was positive. 63 in round two at the Wyndham, which again was one of the best rounds of the week there this um, the, a couple of weeks back. 27th last week. Improved from strokes gained off the tee, which is important for Mackenzie Hughes. Um, he won the RSM Classic on a Fazio redesign. And at 150 to 1, I'll take a chance that he'll take to this track nicely this week and uh, hopefully get us a, uh, an each way place um, or better um, it will happen Paul 150 to 1 and 125 to 1 last year Neiman and Coke Rag mm. and the year before Corey Connors was 160 to 1 placed Lucas Glover 140 to 1 so yeah. someone big triple digits a couple of them will get in the mix yeah, I, I like yeah sprinkling a couple in the uh, in, in your team this week mm. and uh, seeing if one of them can produce. The Easy to say, it's just getting show. the right one. And the other one, yeah, I, the yeah. other one <laughs> lives in Virginia, close by, and you know you just look at the guys that are outside the bubble, and um, I haven't backed him, so that's a great thing to get on board with. It would be Mark Leishman. Yeah. Now at the moment, he's not. If you you know Mark Leishman. If you had a list of 30 pros that would get to a championship and you'd start the... You know, Leishman would be in there, wouldn't he? 125 yeah. to 1 generally available on Leishman. He's, I think he's 34th, 35th. So if he doesn't pull his sort of jockstrap up this week, he's missing out on tour championship for the first time in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's struggling. But how often do you see it all of a sudden? Elite golfer finds form when needs to. 
Focuses the mind, doesn't it? Yep. Now or never. Time to you know. There, there is no next week. Yeah. As uh, Keith Mitchell said when uh, after he made that birdie on eighteen on Monday. Right, that's yeah, us. Yeah. I think I'm looking forward to this week. Two yeah, good tournaments, good. and then next week we've got that debacle of a betting heat, which is the Tour <laughs> Championship. And have you? Uh, what have you got? Is it the not, it's Italian, not, is it Italian Open? Open? It is, yeah. Francesco Molinari, Tommy Fleetwood playing next week, so uh, should be a, should be a good one. Be interesting. Justin Rose t- turns up for that one. He, I've not seen him in the field. Matt Fitzpatrick's been added to the field as a uh, as an invite, and I've not seen Rose as yet. But uh, these, these things tend to be quite fluid on the European tour, usually up until about Monday lunchtime. Just to, to how many of the Ryder Cup team have not made the FedEx Cup playoffs? <laughs> it's a, it's a slight yeah. concern, I'd suggest. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a bit of a bit of a bun fight in uh, Wentworth in a couple of weeks' time, isn't it? As they, uh, yeah. As they all try Thank you for your time this morning, Paul. We'll we'll get this produced and manufactured and out to the waiting masses. Um, I hope your bets go well. Yeah, you too. Best of luck. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to all the listeners, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut. Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips And so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system Is the golf